Colossians chapter 1, we're still in Colossians, and um, as I had more time, I actually had a different outline and, and lesson uh, before I got sick and wasn't able to teach, and so this wasn't that. So we might go back to that one at some point, and, and uh, earlier on as I was preparing, I think I have three outlines kind of for these few verses that we're going to look at today, but um, I don't know what the Lord's going to do. Um, but this morning we're going to talk about uh, some four basic needs that we need met to be happy. And I don't, any of you guys familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of basic human needs? I know if you've been in the Air Force, you've probably heard of it. Um, probably in the military and even outside of that. Um, so I, I don't know why I do this stuff, but I printed out a little illustration. Or I didn't print it. I, I inserted it in here just... As a reminder, I could have typed it, because nobody's going to see this but me, but uh, uh, anyway, sometimes you get lost in your preparations, but old Maslow, he's got some things, he talks about the physiological needs, and then the need for security and safety, love and belonging, self-esteem, and self-actualization, and all this nonsense, right? Um, we need to be careful we don't fall into, now, so there's some legitimacy to some of this stuff, Right? Um, but we need to be careful we don't get lost in the humanistic teachings of, 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 the, uh, of the world. And, and uh, we have, we're going to talk about four needs that we have, some basic needs for happiness, if you will. Um, and Jesus is the answer to all four of them. Um, and uh, so uh, Colossians chapter 1, we're just going to pick up in verse 15. I know we kind of pick it up in the middle of, of the chapter here and and uh, <clears throat> all of us are different. Would you agree with that? We're all a little bit different, but we all have some basic needs uh, that need to be met. We, we all uh, uh, look a little different, act a little different, different personalities. And, and, uh, but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, it can be distressing to realize that people, prestige, power, possessions, uh, don't meet the basic needs that we have. Uh, the world's seeking after those things. And uh, we went riding again yesterday. The boys and I, we had a good time out at, uh, I think it's called um, Railroad Butte OHV out there near Farmingdale. And, and we were cruising around on our crusty old bikes. And, and, you know, there's people there. They got their fifth wheel toy hauler and all their fancy machine, all this stuff. And, and uh, it was about sunset when we were coming back. And we were trying to leave before it got dark. And then Carter left something out on the trail somewhere, and I was like, you're kidding me, so we had to, I was, we were like loading up, and I was like, hey, where's this, and he's like, oh, yeah, it probably fell off, because I unstrapped it off the floor, so we had to drive, anyway, um, but we're coming back, and, and when we, after we had gone to go get this, it was my kickstand uh, for my dirt bike, anyway, it, long story, but, so we had to go back and find this thing in the, in the dirt, and, and we come back, and there were these people that had pulled up with their fancy machines, and and they were going to camp out there. Um, and it was obvious to me that that was what they're doing tomorrow, which is today. Um, I'm telling you, folks, those material things are going to call, fall short of meeting your spiritual needs. Um, they think they're happy. Uh, but when they lay their head on that pillow in that fancy RV at night, they know. 
of those things. And, and those people could be saved for all I know, but, but just on, on the outward side looking in, sometimes we think that those things are going to keep us happy or make us happy, and we get them and they don't. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and so I think God always reminds me of that when I'm out enjoying my hobbies uh, just to keep me on the right track. You know, you don't need all that fancy stuff. You know, you're going to church tomorrow. You're going to be the house of God, and, and I'm glad to be here, and it's a blessing. And, and I'm glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And, and uh, the good news is Jesus Christ can fulfill all of our needs uh, in, the, in the Word of God. And, and so we, talk, we have a need to know God. Did you know that? Yeah. We need to know God. God has manifest himself in creation and those things. And, and, and human, humanity, humans, everyone is born with that need, kind of a basic need. Uh, I know when I was, before I was saved without Christ, that I understood there was a God. I didn't understand it all, biblically speaking, and I didn't know his, his name. I didn't understand that, but I knew that there was a supreme being because he had manifested himself in, in, in creation and, and really through the principles uh, and things that were taught in society even. Um, but there's that, and, and we have a need to know God. We have a need to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved, right? Everybody, everybody likes that. I like that my wife loves me most of the time, right? Oh, I can be a jerk. I know that's hard to believe, right? I'm a happy guy, right? No, but I can be a jerk. I really can. Um, I can mistreat my wife, and, and, uh, but she loves me, and, I, and we have that need. And Listen, we have a need for forgiveness, uh, salvation, and, and listen, we have a need for hope. And so these are some kind of basic thoughts I have, and we're going to kind of draw a few things from, from this passage this morning. Um, and uh, I was going to recap, but I'm already started, so let's just get into this. We, we talked about growth, strength, and, and uh, made meat in the weeks prior to this. But anyway, verse 15, let's look at what the Word of God says. It says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning from the first uh, born from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind, by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye ever heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister." Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would be uh, glorified in everything that's said this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would use your word, Lord, to encourage and to strengthen the saints, and Lord, that we would go on to uh, apply the things uh, that we hear this morning to our lives, Lord, and that you would grow us, Lord, that you would uh, sanctify us, as we heard this morning in the, in the morning message. And Father, we just pray that you would be glorified in all of it, and Lord, we pray for the service to follow, Lord, that you would just bless, speak to hearts, save the lost. And we'll give you the glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul writes uh, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And uh, I've been kind of meditating on that. And, 
And uh, this word uh, <clears throat> translated image, and I can never pronounce these, icone, uh, maybe is, it, is the word from which we get icon. And uh, maybe I should, there's a little thing you can hit play and it will pronounce it. Maybe I should, anyway. Sorry, I'm just thinking to myself how to prepare. But anyway, we, and we get the word image, or I mean, excuse me, icon, uh, which means representation. He's the image or the representation. And, but the Greek has a little bit uh, dip, deeper meaning, I guess you would say, and um, it has to do with the idea of likeness, uh, meaning that Jesus is the exact likeness, uh, or you might want to say mirror image, uh, of God. Hebrews 1.3 says it this way, who being the brightness of his glory, and it says here, the express image of his person. Uh, the idea of manifestation. Uh, <clears throat> the idea here is it's not just some weak copy. Not, not just a weak copy. Jesus isn't some weak. Uh, have you ever copied something a hundred times? You know, the world's greatest Air Force, you know, and and you go into uh, the finance center or to the MPF, and, and you got to fill out this form uh, to get whatever done that you're trying to accomplish, right? I'm, I'm re-enlisting tomorrow, so I've had to do some paperwork. It's all digital now. Um, I have to re-enlist because if I don't, I separate six months before I can retire. Anyway, um, and that wasn't, that, the Lord would really have to give me guidance on that, but uh, um, so six months. Goodness, six months, I don't, last six months, do you do anything? Most people I know don't, but um, so, but I've done some paperwork recently, and it was all virtual because you can't touch any, have any contact with anybody these days. And and uh, but prior to this, you would go to one of these centers, and you ever see that copy that they've uh, they got a stack of them, and you know you need to adjust whatever. And so fill this form out, and they give you this form, and it's crooked, it's slanted, and you can barely read anything because it's been copied so many times. Everybody's seen one of those, right? It's just been over. They copied the copy, the copy, the copy, and, and now this thing is basically worthless because you can't even read it. Jesus is not like that as the image of God. He's the express image. He's the manifestation of God in the flesh. And um, Jesus doesn't show us what God looks like. He makes God's essence known to us. Uh, and, and it's interesting to think about that. And, and Philip asked Jesus to show him the Father. You guys remember this in John chapter 14? And here's Jesus' response in John 14, verse 9. It says, Jesus saith to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me, look at what it says, hath seen the Father. And how sayest then, show us the Father? I was somebody that walked with the Lord. Um, today, we can't physically see Jesus. Uh, well, I guess physically we can here. Um, that was physically in the Word of God, I guess, as you look at the physical text. Um, you, could, you could say that, I suppose. But physically, we can't see Jesus. He's not walking with us like he was with the disciples uh, during his earthly ministry. And, and so we can't physically see him. I'm looking forward to that day where we see him. Uh, I can't wait to put to rest all of the images of Christ on the cross uh, and just really see what he is. 
I don't think those images and the pictures of the way they depict him is, is very accurate. And, and uh, anyway, that's a different discussion for another time. But, but I can't wait to see Jesus face to face. Um, I came across this comment. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was the old Southern Baptist guy. He, he's passed away now. And, and, uh, but um, I can't think of the guy's name now. But it, this is what he wrote. He said, Jesus is God with skin on his face. I thought that was pretty good, right? When, when you think of him physically, this is God in, in, in human form, in, in, in person. And uh, <clears throat> it's going to be a good day when we see him. But, but listen, Jesus is God. Um, and, and we need to know God. Um, the way that we can do that today is to get into the Word of God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus Christ right here. And, and so people say, well, I don't know. I don't, how do you know God? Know the Word of God. Get in the Bible. Um, and and it, it'll be amazing. It will change your life. It really will. I was, uh, as I was preparing for this, um, I, I tried to listen to messages and things, and I got kind of sidetracked, and I was listening to a message. Maybe it was on the radio. I don't know. But it was, it was somebody preaching out of Ephesians. And he, he made a, an illustration about... Um, I can't remember the context of all of what he was saying, but he was telling the people that if you just read that passage every day, I think he was talking about when he was in college, it was a, the assignment was to read a passage, or the book of Ephesians every day. And he says, as you read that, all, at some point, it's internalized and it's memorized. And he says, you begin dealing with situations by reflecting on that book that's just consuming you because you've been in it every day over and over every day you've read that thing every day for 30 days or longer and so you you begin problem solving and everything going and finding the answers in the book of Ephesians was an example Uh, that's how the life of the Christian ought to be with the word of God we should ought to be consumed with it and and as we go about our daily lives we handle things like Christ would because we're handling them according to the Word of God, because it's just, we are, listen, we're supposed to be conformed to His image, right? Jesus is the image of God, and we are to be conformed to the image of Him, and uh, we should not be conformed to the image of the world, or be conformed to the world in, in, in Romans, it tells us that, but, but here Jesus um, <clears throat> is also the firstborn of every creature. In the, in the latter part of verse 15, it says that firstborn of every creature, and, and uh, some cults, uh, use this phrase to teach that Jesus is the firstborn uh, or first person God created, and uh, therefore it's impossible for him to be God. Or, and uh, however, the Greek word translated "firstborn" is is not what it's what they use to 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 say that. Uh, Prototokos uh, refers firstborn to having the idea of the firstborn child in the family, or the firstborn son. Is what that means there, and it says. And if you guys are probably more familiar with Middle East, Eastern uh, <clears throat> culture than I am, but the firstborn son, and, and definitely in, in uh, the Israel uh, <clears throat> lights, uh, the firstborn son received the birthright, right? And, and we know that according to what the Word of God teaches, and, and it entitled them in, in the inheritance, uh, family leadership upon the death of the, of, of the father, and, and those things, and so the picture here is not just, it, it's not that Jesus was created by God. 
um, it's, he's the firstborn uh, by position, uh, refers to the rights of inheritance and leadership or headship of a family, uh, is the idea here. And so in the context of, of the, our passage here that we read this morning, the firstborn re- refers to Jesus is the head of the church. Um, he's the supreme over all creation. We, we read that in this passage, right? You guys look like I need to reread that. <laughs> Deer in the headlights look this morning. Um, but Revelations 19.16 says this, And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the firstborn. He's the preeminent one. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Uh, sometimes we get feeling froggy, so to speak. You know what I mean? We, we, we get high and lifted up maybe. And, uh, but listen, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and that's comforting to know. Uh, especially when you look at what's going on in the world today and, and specifically in American politics and those things. People get so consumed with all of that. I'm thankful for our president now. You know, Lord willing, he's, he's uh, reelected. But, um, and, and God can, can use him. Uh, the president to to continue to maybe hold some things off for a while, but uh, but listen, God's in control of it all. I was talking to brother first right before Sunday school. We don't got to worry about all that stuff. Uh, he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and and uh, the image of God. And what a great reminder when you see the life of Christ. Uh, uh, he humbled himself and became obedient. And this is God. He had all power. And he humbled himself. And what a great example for us to look to and to follow, that, uh, to, to kind of keep ourselves humble. And, and uh, Jesus is the true God who created everything in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions, or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him there in verse 16. And, and uh, <clears throat> uh, the idea, well, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I, I think the idea of the, the thrones, the dominions, principalities, powers, uh, probably refers to the various ranks uh, or levels of, some people say angels or something like that. And, and, uh, but listen, the, the bottom line is Jesus is simply not part of creation. He's the creator of all things. Um, we, we can talk specifics and, and over some of those other things at another time, but, but listen, Christ created it all, uh, and, and it's all under him. And, and uh, <clears throat> to know God is, is, is a mind-boggling thing. We can't begin to comprehend all of God and all of that he's created. And, and I came across this, and, and uh, to get a vague idea of the power that Jesus uh, has, consider the universe. Consider the universe. It is so big that a scale model cannot be made. We can't make a scale model of the universe. Um, <clears throat> the guy went on to say this, if a scale model reduced earth size to a one-inch ball, right? We're t- pretty small, right? That's a pretty manageable size, you would think. In, in our, hey, man, we can make a scale model of this thing a one-inch. You can't go much smaller than that and really be able to have it tangible and to be able to see it. But if you, if you scaled it down to a one-inch ball, the nearest star other than the sun 
which Alpha Centauri would need to be placed 51,000 miles away from this one-inch ball. 51,000 miles away. You cannot do that on earth. The circumference of the earth at the equator is just under 25,000 miles, 24,900. So if you took this one-inch ball and you tried to place the closest star to the earth on it, you need 51,000 miles. Jesus Christ created that. Uh, I built some things. I've constructed some things. That's kind of what we do in, in CE at times, especially deployed. Um, we, we tend to do a little more construction and things, and, and, uh, but nothing to that magnitude. And when you just think of, I mean, the earth and all that is therein, the creeping thing, uh, to create man in God's image with a soul. Uh, I don't know if we can fully comprehend all that. This is the God that we serve. Uh, this is the God that we ought to get to know the best that we can comprehend in our limited mind. Um, <clears throat> such magnitude, it really boggles the mind. But what about the smallest things in it? And I, I, I by no means isn't the right person to talk about these things. And, and, uh, but think of atoms and molecules. You have this huge universe and then you have these things within that creation that are so small our eye can't see it. And they are very complex. Unbelievably complex. That These guys that study this with their life, scientists, right? They're scratching the surface of these things uh, because it's so complex. Um, what an amazing God we serve. Uh, and I'm thankful for a God that I can't understand. Uh, and boy, we can trust him. He knows the end from the beginning. He's created it all, and he understands it all, and he's able to rule it all. All these things were created by Jesus and for him. But it goes on, not only did he create it, but look at verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He's keeping it together. Have you ever been in life and, and you just think, seem feels like things are falling apart and you can't keep it together? I've been there. Uh, I'll never forget when I first got to Kadena. I was coming from Korea, and I was coming from a really small squadron. It wasn't even a CE squadron. It was a material maintenance guy. We had some weirdo LRS commander. The LRS jargon is just, they're goofy. Um, and, and they don't understand the way, I guess it's everybody. I don't understand weather. So, or or um, uh, load masters. So, but anyway, um, so, but uh, <clears throat> I'm coming from this really small squadron, and, and I got good at what I did there. I was successful. Spent two years. I, I was good. Um, when I left, some of the people that had nothing to do with me, like you, were the best person to ever hold that position. I'm not saying that to my own horn. It was just I showed up and I did my job every day. I won some awards while I was there in different things. That's where I got made master sergeant. And, and so then I go to Kadena Air Base. It's a civil engineer group. It's this huge monster unit. I felt overwhelmed. I had 126 people. You're writing 
EPRs and, and all these decorate all these for just tons, dozens of people. And I felt like I can't keep this together. I can't do this. That's just my job, let alone my family and all those things. And then we have a God that keeps the world going. And all that's going on inside there. We can trust him. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm going to just say this again because it's, it's just such a part of society right now. Uh, the political situation is a small thing to God. He's probably not losing sleep. Well, he doesn't sleep, but he's not losing sleep. You know what I'm trying to say this morning about who's going to be the next president of the United States of America. Those are small beans with him. He's not worried about that stuff. Um, don't allow those things to consume you. Understand the God that you serve. Get to know that God. Uh, a God that can, he's handling all of that. Listen, none of this is taking him by surprise. He's not shocked by any of it. Uh, and, and if you turn to him, he'll help you. He's keeping all these things. Uh, the word consist has the idea to adhere or to be held in order. He's keeping this thing in order. He's keeping the, the orbit of the earth uh, orderly. Thank goodness. Despite the wildfires that are tearing up the western coast of the United States, God's in control. Uh, he can, he's, he's handling it. And, it. and I know sin has consequences and things there, but, but um, God's holding it in order. Uh, he keeps the planets rotating. He keeps earth moving around the sun in that orbit, roughly on average 66,000 miles per hour. Somebody smarter than I probably figured that out. Uh, the average distance from the sun is about 92 miles. So some genius tells me, I, I, can, I, I don't know that, but I'm just telling you things that I looked up. But all those rapidly moving electrons, neutrons, protons, all, you know, and all the matter, who created and controls all of it? God, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the God that, that we have the opportunity to know. And I think I've told you guys this before and maybe in my testimony, but I'll never forget when God made that real in my mind and in my heart that the God of the universe wants to know Justin DeGarmo. It brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it. Just lowly me. Who am I? And God wants to get to know me. God wants to get to know you. And I'm so thankful because I remember when I didn't know God and I, and I felt so lost. And, and, and he sought me out. And, and listen, we have a need to be loved. Uh, we desire that. Um, you know, Maslow, all that acceptance and, and different things. And, and we want to be loved. And, and uh, <clears throat> look at verses 18 down through 20. Hopefully I can draw some application out of this for us this morning. And and he that is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through, his blood, or through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And so this God that created all this made a way. 
He loved us uh, to make a way. And, and uh, <clears throat> we, I don't know if we can really understand it all, um, but a God that chose to enter his creation in a body of flesh and to die for us on the cross. Greater love hath no man than this, than to lay his life down for his friend and, and to be considered a friend of God. That he would love you so much to die for you. Uh, Jesus meets that need. Uh, people are seeking love today. And I know some more than others, this COVID uh, environment that we're, that we're living in is, is, is doing a work in some people's hearts. And, and uh, they're realizing that they need love or they desire that. And, and uh, we ought to be sharing the love of Christ with those around us, uh, those that are hurting. And, and uh, <clears throat> I think, I don't know, over the last few weeks on Wednesday night, almost every missionary letter has said that during these COVID times, there's people out there searching and looking. Uh, and and uh, they need the love of Christ, and people desire that. And, and Jesus, what greater depiction of, of love than to leave glory and to come down and die in our place. And in verse 18, it says, The head of the body, the church, uh, Christ is the head of the church, and we are the hands and the feet, the parts through whom he accomplishes his will. He chooses to use us. What a blessing. Uh, he loves us and wants to use us. And in verse 18, it goes on there, it says, The beginning, the firstborn of the dead. Um, <clears throat> similar to in verse 15, we have the term firstborn. And again, it has the idea of rank or position and not chronology, uh, so to speak. Christ was not the first person raised from the dead. Um, nor was he the first to raise a person from the dead. Uh, kind of interesting to think about. And, and uh, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 17, God tells us of Elijah. He goes to where? Zarephath, right? Um, there in Sidon and and uh, he encounters the widow. Anybody remember this? Uh, a raised hand will help me out right now. You guys just look dead. So, uh, but you remember that widow? And of course, we, we're very familiar with the, uh, the story of the corn or the meal and the oil. And, and uh, he, he tells her to go make a cake for him. And, and she does. And, and that, uh, she, God meets the need through them. But also, what, at the end of that, what happens? That widow's son dies. Uh, and uh, she kind of gets a little bit angry at Elijah there for a moment. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but Elijah goes in and, and, and he uh, stretches himself over that, that, that boy three times, the word of God tells us. And, and uh, life ret- 1 Kings 17.22 says this, And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came in to him again, and he revived. And, and so we see that, uh, that he was revived there and. Uh, the Gospels record that Jesus himself raised three people, right? You can look at these later. Uh, you write these down, Matthew chapter 9, verse 25, Luke 7, 15, and John eleven forty four, 44. And no doubt you uh, Sunday school folks are familiar with those passages. But um, listen, these resurrections were only restorations to normal life because those people died. Uh, again, Jesus' resurrection was different because though he died and was buried, he rose again and is alive forevermore. Uh, Revelations 1.18, in the latter part of that verse, it says, I am he that lived and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. 
Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Uh, what a blessing. And Christ was the first person to rise from the dead, never to die again. Uh, what a blessing. He, um, all of that because he loved us. Um, he broke death's hold on us. What a blessing. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Boy, those in Christ have life. He loved us enough to do this. Uh, therefore, in everything, Christ became preeminent or supreme, even in death. Um, the latter part of verse 18, it, it says that in all things, he might have the preeminence. Uh, he is the preeminent one. Paul goes on in verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. Uh, with this statement, Paul, I, I think, is probably refuting some of the teachings of the day, uh, the Gnostics or the Greeks uh, there, uh, the idea that Jesus could not be fully human and fully divine at the same time, uh, but God chose uh, <clears throat> that all the fullness would dwell there. And uh, verse 20, And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and uh, the love of God, the word reconcile, I know you guys are familiar with a lot of these things that I'm saying, but I want to remind you of them this morning, uh, has the idea of renewing a friendship uh, a little bit there, uh, a renewing a friendly relationship uh, between maybe a disputing people, right, to reconcile that. And, and uh, Jesus returned our relationship with God to the way it was before the fall in the Garden of Eden. Um, <clears throat> reconciliation was accomplished by the shed blood of Jesus at the cross. Listen, Jesus fulfills our need to know God and our need to be loved, but also uh, the need for forgiveness. And uh, we're not going to get through this this morning, and so I'll try to get through this, this one. We might pick up the rest next week. And, uh, but we have a need for forgiveness. Before coming to Christ, look at what we were in verse 21. Alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. And uh, we needed forgiveness. The word alienated means estranged or separated from God. Uh, enemies in your mind has the idea that we had an attitude that re reveals itself in our wicked works. Uh, <clears throat> Today, why is pornography, sex, violence... And profane things so prevalent in everything. Whether it's TV, video games, uh, the internet, magazines, books, it's everywhere. Uh, because the world is an enemy of God's holy ways. We were God's enemies. and uh, However, because Christ died for us on the cross, we are now reconciled. In Christ, we are reconciled and can be presented holy and unblameable and unreprovable uh, before God. And, and that's, what a great thought. Uh, because in and of ourselves, we can't do any of that. Um, in the body of his flesh, look at verse 22, in the body of his flesh through death, look at this, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. 
holy to be consecrated or dedicated to God and as opposed to being the enemy or being hostile to him. Uh, unblameable, having the idea of being faultless or without standing fault. Without outstanding fault. It is the result of the process of sanctification. Right? You can see that. And, and uh, <clears throat> the phrase unreprovable. I love this one. Free from accusation. What a blessing. Uh, listen this morning. No sin that has been confessed and forsaken can ever be brought up against us in the divine court of justice. It's dealt with. God declares this truth in Acts chapter 10 and verse 15 and, and kind of pull a, a, a thought out of here. And, and I know you are familiar with this. Peter here is in he, the trance or he's getting the vision from the Lord and and uh, the voice of the Lord spake unto him again the second time. And it says this, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Uh, listen this morning, in Christ we've been cleansed. And what a blessed thought to think that, uh, that we're unblameless, unreprovable. Uh, in His sight. Uh, what a blessed thing to think on and and uh, the word common there means to be unclean or defiled. In verse 22, it says, in his sight. And, and when we put this in perspective, all uh, that Christ has done for us, and in Christ, God sees us as undefiled by sin. Not defiled, but undefiled. That It has no effect on us, if you will. Um, you and I cannot see all the wonderful effects of the cross for those who are saved, but God can. And, and you think of that day when you stand before Him. What are you going to do? I plead the blood. That's all we have. When we stand before God in judgment, we will have the righteousness of Christ on our account. And I just plead the blood. Uh, the forgiveness. We all have a need of forgiveness. Uh, and we need to remind those that we work with and those that we associate with of their need and, and, and share the solution to that need uh, in Jesus Christ. And because the buzzer's buzzed, we're going to close there. But before I do, um, just because I don't know where my notes are going to go next week, we have the need for hope, and, and you can read those verses and, and maybe meditate on those yourself. But um, let Jesus fulfill your basic needs. Uh, don't turn to humanistic philosophy or psychology. Don't worry about Maslow. Get in the Word of God. Uh, Jesus is the answer. John 10.10 10 says this, I am come that they might have life and that they might have more abundantly. Not only will Jesus meet your basic needs, He will give you abundant life. Yeah. Father, we do thank You for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, for this passage. Lord, I pray, Lord, that You would just take it and use it, Lord, in spite of me. And I pray, Lord, that the people of God would uh, get in the Word of God. And Lord, that we would be doers of the word. And Father, that you would help us to turn to Christ to meet our needs. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.